traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller, founder of the International Equine Network. We're back in the saddle again. Uh, medically, I'm doing great. Can't complain about that. Um, got the holidays over. Uh, we're ready to go uh, with our live shows every Thursday now. Uh, I'm excited about that. We've got a lot of good things going on now. Um, what we're going to do is going to run through a couple of things here, but the majority of the show today is going to be uh, about the thoroughbred industry. A lot of things are going on in the thoroughbred industry and um, you know, we want to talk about that and, and, and let you know what all's going on. But we're going to cover a little bit of everything today in all breeds. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, one of the things that, um, we have going on now, uh, we've got live racing, um, America's Day at the Racing on, on our, uh, internet site, our www.intv.org. Uh, um, we've got uh, live racing across America today. It started about 20 minutes ago, uh, so we're excited about that. Tune in to take a look at that. And then uh, on one of our IEN radio and television programming things that we have, um, it's called Here for the Horse. Uh, it's about racing in Australia, what they do uh, in Australia to um, help, uh, you know, prevent injuries and, and to take care of the horses and it's a good program, about an hour long, and it just goes behind the scenes and, and shows you and tells you exactly what's going on in the horse industry uh, in Australia. It's really good. Uh, I think you would really enjoy it. It helps you understand more uh, uh, things, why uh, the horse racing industry can be so good, because we got a lot of good people all over the world that are taking care of the horses and everything. So uh, that's here for the horse racing uh, in Australia. Uh, that, that's really a, a good segment there. Then we have uh, something that um, I, I'm just now getting into. Uh, it's called Christmas in the Camper RV. Uh, it's a great little program, about 13 minutes long, and it tells you how to decorate. and shows you how to decorate in the camper, and uh, it's really good. You know, it's the holiday season, and, and uh, even though you're small and in a camper and, you know, you're traveling a lot, you can still enjoy the holidays, you know, you know, not as good as you can in a big house and on a big farm, but uh, it, it's really great. You know, it shows you that it can be done if you put your mind to it. And then um, I was really excited uh, about um, the equestrian of the week that we have. Uh, I tell you, it's called discoverthehorse.com. And this uh, young lady, and I'll let you um, watch it, it's very interesting. Her goal is to ride every breed of horse that is in the world, uh, from thoroughbreds, standard breads, to uh, ponies, to draft horses, you name it. Uh, she travels the world uh, riding these horses, and she's really a great person. And uh, if you just go to it, uh, it's called discoverthehorse.com. It's our equestrian of the week, and I think you'll really like it. And then our business of the week uh, is Farm Vet Supply and Pharmacy, greatest people in the world. Uh, they're out of Tennessee. And no matter where you're at in the country, they can get you your product. And they also have pharmaceuticals, which uh, really helps. Uh, you know, that's a, a good to the horsemen. And you, they're always there, a phone call away. And as you notice here in, uh, at IEN, we, we try to make everything just a phone call away. 
whether it's feed, uh, whether it's um, veterinarian supplies, uh, transportation, hotels, uh, RVs, uh, uh, finding out information on who won what race or who won what show or, you know, how, who was the biggest uh, sale horse in the sales. Uh, we, we just want everything to be one call, and that's why if you go to our uh, website, you can get that one call and get right to where you need. And then one of the things that I'm really excited about is our farm of the week. It's uh, it's uh, Claiborne Farm uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, they are an old school farm, a lot of history to it. Uh, if you go to um, our website there, you can click onto it, and it's a great uh, it's a great uh, story about uh, Calumet and who they are and where they're uh, where they're going and what all they've done. Um, they, they are strictly the backbone of uh, uh, thoroughbred racing in, in the United States and worldwide. Now, that's a good documentary done, done by uh, NBC Sports uh, this, this time. Um, that was Christmas time again, and I get so excited. Um, it's called Christmas on the Range. It's a great movie for the whole family. Uh, spend time to uh, take time to watch it. Uh, it's a great show. It gets you in the holiday spirit and and uh, over the next two, the next three or four weeks, we're going to have uh, different uh, movies and holiday programming on uh, our movie of the week uh, that you'll see here. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be great uh, holiday time, and uh, especially if you're in the cold weather, um, you'll you'll like it. It'll give you something to do with the family. So tune into that. And this week it's Christmas on the Range. Uh, I think you'll like it. It's a Hallmark movie. And then we have uh, live um, uh, racing uh, today on At The Wire. Uh, we have um, uh, a lot of good things. And Chuck Wagon um, come uh, decorate in the RV and, and crock pot cooking for Christmas uh, on Chuck Wagon. We have um, uh, one thing that is kind of exciting and people really don't think about and we see in the, uh, in the standard bread industry is you see um, the harness racing, how they pull up behind the uh, the car that has the gate on it and how they close it and open it and how they start the races. Uh, we've got three little segments on there. Uh, it's riding in a harness racing uh, starting car. Uh, I think you'll really like it. Uh, it takes you uh, puts you right in the car, and you can see what it looks like from their point of view. Uh, it's got an afternoon race, a twilight race, and a night race. They're all different, so that's really good Good to go to, uh, to take a look at it. And then um, we, we have a, a lot of uh, other things on the website I think that you'll really like, you'll get into. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, tomorrow uh, we have the Longines FEI jumping uh, coming to you from Spain. Um, it'll be live uh, tomorrow. Just come in and you can, you'll be able to watch that on, on there and just see how, how that goes. And it's really, it's really going to be a good show, uh, you know, uh, for you to come and take a look at on IEN on the website. Plenty of interest there for everybody that's there. But like I said, um, we're going to talk mostly about um, the, the Kentucky Derby 2023 and how they get there. And for a long time now, we've been doing uh, a lot of uh, talking about what it takes to get to the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, it's a long process. It's a two-year, three-year long process, a lot of planning that goes into it. And 
you know, I, I can't emphasize uh, how much pressure uh, you put on yourself when you actually decide uh, that you're going to try to run in the Kentucky Derby. And, and like we said, it, it starts with the owner. And the owner has to make a lot of decisions uh, about the trainers and transportation and the blacksmith and feed and sales and breeding and, and so forth. And, and it's really, really tough, you know, to do. And every week that goes by uh, when you've decided to run in the Derby, which we're going to go over here and uh, talk about uh, the, the owner, the trainer, and so forth down the road. But um, one of the things that you have to worry about when you uh, start on that road to the Derby on how they get there, um, just to show you how things go. Uh, whenever the phone rings at your home or your business, immediately you think, is it about my horse? Is it about my horse? And so then when you hear a phone ring, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's scary. Uh, whenever you see the veterinarian pulling up to the office or you see the trainer coming over to you, you know, you're thinking like, oh, no, what could this be? Is this good or bad? And, you know, so you get really intense. It's a mental thing that you um, really don't think about. But when you hear it, your subconscious tells you, you know, that that phone call could be, about the big horse that's going on in the road to the Kentucky Derby. So that, that's a lot of pressure on, on, on the owners. And to, to, just to give you a good example of how these pressures build up on you, um, they have uh, uh, you know, a series of races that you're going to have to run in, and, and uh, you're going to have to uh, uh, you know, go down the road and, and race, and, and you just hope everything comes out. Well, unfortunately, um, the Kentucky Derby future uh, wagering has been suspended on Frank's honor. Um, uh, he broke his maiden by five lengths October 1st at Churchill Downs that has been suspended uh, for pool two of the Kentucky Derby uh, future wagering, which opens uh, its four-day run November 24th at 12 noon. Um, trainer Kenny McPete uh, said that Delridge Farm homebred by honor code, was uh, injured October 30th um, in the eighth uh, race at the Louisville track, which was declared a no contest after uh, Rodolfi uh, Brissett trained. Uh, Paddock Boss fell and was euthanized in an unrepairable injury in his uh, left front leg. Uh, Ricardo Santana, Santana Jr. aboard Echo again, and the race was uh, suspended five days of racing for careless riding that occurred near the seventh and a half pole uh, it's a, during the seventh uh, uh, race there. And honors uh, appeared to make contact with the falling horse while attempting to dodge it. So the, he, he, he's a horse on the road. The innocent horses are on the road to the Derby. And a horse goes down and, uh, um, you know, he's, uh, uh, he, get, he tries to avoid uh, the, the horse that's down on the ground. And he literally injures himself. Um, he was in the middle of the debacle and is trying to avoid the spill. Came out of, uh, out of it uh, injured, McPeak said. It's a shame. A horse that has talent for something that's ridiculous to happen because of careless riding. I was surprised to see him listed on the um, futures because he had been on the farm since a few days after, after the race. 
Now, there's a chance that he can make it back into the game, but he's going to need some time. So, uh, and Kenny didn't say what kind of injury it was, but it just goes to show you that um, when you get when you get out here uh, on the road to the Derby, you don't know what's going to happen. A uh, horse breaks down in the race that you're in. You try to avoid it, and then your horse ends up injured too. And and you you just can't you just never know what's going to happen from day to day. So it gets kind of scary, uh, you know, when you get on that road uh, to the Kentucky Derby. And that could happen. There could be, and hopefully it doesn't happen, but there could be uh, transportation injuries. Uh, there could be on-the-farm injuries. Uh, there could be training injuries. Uh, there could be a barn injury. Just all kinds of things that could happen. So, again, it goes back to when you hear that phone ring, you don't know if it's going to be about your horse or, you know, just a friend talking, you know, saying, hey, good luck to you on your road to the Derby. So but that, that, that's what, uh, you know, these guys go through. And so now we get into the meat of uh, the 2023 Road to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, it, it's an amazing next six months. Six months from this weekend uh, will be the Kentucky Derby. And it, it comes up on you quick and it goes quick. And then at times it seems like it takes forever. Uh, when, when I was um, working on the, on the track, um, I get so excited about if we had horses going, you know, shooting for the Kentucky Derby. And then you get along into uh, the first of December, and you kind of hope, you know, uh, getting excited about Christmas. But yet you know that you got six months to go to the Kentucky Derby, and, and so and the weeks seem to be long, and the next race seems to be even longer away, because um, once you start on this road, each race tells you exactly what kind of horse you have where you're going with it, and if you're going to make it to the first Saturday in May. Uh, every race is very definitive uh, on what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And it dictates to you um, whether you're going to stay on that road or whether you're going to get off that road. And, and it can be great, and it can be fun, and it can be also very disappointing. Uh, so, you know, you just got to take it day by day. So, that, uh, you know, that's what we started looking at here is on that road to the Kentucky Derby. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, I was surprised when uh, a horse that uh, we're following uh, came up, um, the trainer that we're following on how they get there to the Kentucky Derby uh, this year is uh, Todd Pletcher, and we're following one star form uh, to see how they're doing. And we're just seeing what's going on here. Um, listen. Uh, Forte, uh, he won the um, uh, Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile, and he's got 40 points, and he's earned a million five hundred forty-five thousand dollars. Trained by Todd Pletcher and owned by Repo Stable and Saint Elias Stable, so he's he's just really dominated the two-year-old season uh, this year. Uh, he's uh, he's 40 points in. Um, what he has, Blazing Sevens, trained by Chad Brown, he's got 16 points behind him. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens then, you know, with everything. Uh, so we got 15 of the top horses, and they go anywhere from uh, Forte with 40 points down to Confidence Game with one, one point. Uh, Money-wise, uh, uh, Forte has earned... Um, three times as much as anybody else 
in the field. It's just uh, unbelievable what he's done so far. So it's kind of exciting there. Uh, we've had the Iroquois, the Champagne, the American Pharaoh, the Breeders' Futurity, and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile so far. Now we have uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes. Uh, we just had that, and that, that was a great race there. And the next race we're going to have is the Remsen. And so we're kind of uh, going on with that and seeing what happens happens there uh, with that. Now, the Remsen is uh, this Saturday, uh, December 3rd at Aqueduct. And so that's our next road uh, to the Kentucky Derby. And it's going to be a good field, a real strong field, a real strong field this year. So um, I'm kind of excited about that. And uh, just, you know, really getting into it now, taking it a day at a time, race at a time, and everything. So um, I, I was getting ready to say one of the things that's going to be interesting this year is in Japan, they are starting to uh, race their horses more on the dirt. They're actually got a series of races that will be um, for the uh, thoroughbreds on the dirt. And they're actually going to have a triple crown series set up on the dirt for, uh, you know, the thoroughbreds. And normally they're on the grass and everything. So that's going to be a, kind of a, a look look forward to see type of thing here, see what they have, um, you know, going on there. Um, they're going to have a strong presence this year because in the Breeders' Cup they've had several winners now and, um you know, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. Um, it's just kind of amazing uh, to see people um, think it out and, and get onto the road to the Derby. Uh, so I, I said, man, oh, man, I said, if they if they get as good as they are on the turf, on the dirt, uh, you're going to see a Derby, uh, Kentucky Derby winner from Japan here very, very soon. You're going to have... Uh, like I said, we had um, we just had the um, a Kentucky Jockey Club. It was a great race. Uh, it's four hundred thousand dollars. Churchill Downs, mile and a sixteenth. Beneath the Twin Spires has the road to the Kentucky Derby Prep race offering qualifying point uh, on a ten four two and one scale. It's uh, top four finishers. Uh, Churchill Downs uh, uses points as preference system. The Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve is overdrawn beyond 20 horses of capacity. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, the 2023 Derby is 23 weeks away uh, on May 6th. Uh, in connection with the nine two-year-olds entered in the Kentucky Jockey Club, uh, can hope Saturday's race can propel their horses towards the next year's Classic, uh, which, which could be. And what I like, what I've always been saying uh, here, we've had we've had a situation to where you want to get your horses um, uh, actually over, uh, you know, the track at Churchill if you can, and get some points out of it, which which they did. And, and so now, next year when they come in, they'll be used to the track, they'll be used to the crowd, they'll be used to everything that's there, and that's uh, you know a, a good step forward for them. Uh, they came into the race. Uh, Curly Jack uh, for Tom Amos was the favorite, and he, he was a good horse. He's been running good. Um, uh, he's trained good. 
uh, he's been in Kentucky, he's been at Churchill training. And so it was just interesting to see how this uh, was uh, going to come out. Um, there's a horse in there called Instant Coffee, which is lightly raced. He won uh, when he was uh, at Saratoga when he unveiled September 3rd before running fourth in the Claiborne Breeders of Futurity in Lexington. Uh, Shirley Jack to get to, uh, to that to await the juvenile, uh, the Breeders' Cup juvenile. But, um, you know, so Instant Coffee lightly raced. Um, uh, Vic uh, Forte uh, repeated in the juvenile uh, uh, in the juvenile in seventh place. Uh, uh, two fills subsequently took uh, two fill to two fills subsequently took the October 30th Street Sense Stakes at Churchill Downs. Um, you know, so all, all these horses are, really have been you know right there, uh, you know uh, where to go. Uh, you know, in the right direction. Um, I tell you, I was surprised at this race. Uh, Instant Coffee uh, uh, beat um, Curly Jack by a length and a quarter, uh, and then and then it just went down. You know, a length and a half, length and a half, length and a half um, down as they went through. Um, uh, Instant Coffee, which is lightly raced, um, he was four and five wide, and he was up in the final sixteen. Um, Curly Jack uh, waited a little bit too long, had a good strong finish, and it, it was surprisingly, uh, uh, you know, closing at the end. So that that was good. Uh, you know, there's just so many things here that we can go through on these horses uh, about um, getting them to the right races and you know getting them into the right time. Uh, like I said, there's uh, there's a lot of races coming up. Uh, you got to pick out the races that you want to go to and uh, how you're going to get them there. Um, and, and it's very difficult. Uh, you know, this, uh, this race that we just had uh, here, uh, I was surprised that it was pretty lightly, a light field. But already since September 17th, we've had the Air Coys, the Champagne, the Breeders' Futurity, the American Pharaoh, the Breeders' Cup, uh, Juvenile, and now we've had the Kentucky Jockey Club. And the next race is uh, December 3rd. It's the Remsen at Aqueduct going a mile and an eighth. And so, you know, the races are going to get stronger, they're going to get better, and they're going to get a little bit longer. And and it's going to be good to see. We've got, um, uh, let's see, in December we'll have uh, the Remsen, we'll have the Los Alamitos Futurity, the Springboard Mile, and the Gunrunner Stakes. So December is going to be loaded with quite a few derby prep races, and we're going to see an awful lot of horses uh, trying to hit these hit these shows and see what happens here in it. So um, now, uh, after talking all that, you know, rambling on there that I'm doing, uh, you know, it's pretty good. You know, uh, we're excited. Uh, a lot of things are happening. Just trying to get caught up here. Uh, at IEN and, and taking me some time, but we're getting here. And then uh, speaking of the Derby, uh, the location uh, is Churchill Downs, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, the inaugural uh, Derby was May 17, 1875. It's uh, for thoroughbreds. Uh, the sponsor of the Derby is the Woodford Reserve uh, from Brown Foreman. Uh, you can go to the KentuckyDerby.com website for any information that you'd like to know. 
uh, about the Derby. Um, the Derby distance is a mile and a quarter. It's 10 furlongs, two kilometers. Uh, the record time is Secretariat, uh, one minute and four, one minute 59 and four, set by Secretariat, uh, in 1973. The only time the Derby was run different was in 19 or 1889 when they ran it, uh, at a mile and a half. And that was the Spokane was the winner and the time was 234.5. It's a dirt service, it's a left-handed track. Uh, qualifications are three years old only uh, for Colts and Gilding. Um, you can't have a filly in there. Everybody carries 126 pounds. Uh, the fillies carry 121 pounds. Uh, the purse is a, uh, $3 million. First place gets $1,860,000. So, um, uh, you know, it's, a, it's the, the granddaddy of all races for the thoroughbred when they come in. It's uh, amazing to see, you know, what's going on with them. Um, you name it, uh, it's been there. It's the Kentucky Derby, the, the movie stars, the uh, everybody. They're all there. Uh, they are all there. So, uh, I, I was excited to see that, uh, you know, happen. Um, and then, you know, like we were saying, we were talking about the, um, uh, the owners, the owners of everything. Uh, it's just amazing to see who goes to the Derby. Um, it's amazing to see who tries to get in the Derby. It's just, uh, unbelievable, uh, you know, how they do that. Uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be a part of uh, a lot of the derbies and, and uh, you know, being involved in it uh, from the backside, from a spectator to the backside. You know, starting when I was young, watching it on TV. My dad, when we were young, uh, we wouldn't go to the derby. Uh, they wouldn't let kids in. So he would drive us over and we would drive around uh, Churchill Downs two or three times just to see what was going on. And it, it was pretty good, and uh, I was excited. I was excited about it to see what happened, and uh, just kind of let it go at that. And then as I got older, I got more involved with the horses, and then once I started working at Churchill, it just, you know, did me in, you might say. And uh, so I was excited. Um, the owner that we're going to talk about now is uh, Windstar Farm. Um, we're going to go through and, and see just exactly what they've done, uh, you know, here. Uh, Windstar Farm is an American thoroughbred horse breeding and racing farm near Sales, Kentucky, owned by Kenny Trout. It won the two, uh, uh, 2010 Eclipse Award for Outstanding Owner and uh, 2016 Outstanding Breeder Award. Uh, Windstar Farm... Um, Owned uh, and campaigned 2018 Triple Crown winner Justify, 2010 Kentucky Derby winner Super Saver, 2010 Belmont Stakes winner Drossemeyer, and 2016 uh, Belmont Stakes winner Creator. Uh, notable stallions uh, that they have stood at uh, Windstar Farm include um, two-time Breeders' Cup Classic uh, winner Chesnow, leading sire and broodmare uh, sire Distorted Humor, Triple Crown and Breeders' Cup Classic winner, American Pharaoh Sire, Pioneer of the Nile. 
So, um, you know, they, they have, have all the right ingredients to get the horses, uh, you know, bred for the Derby. Uh, they, they've got everything that um, uh, that was there. Uh, uh, the, it's just all all business. It's all business. Uh, a lot of business, a lot of prayers. Uh, which is there. And the core of the property was a silver pool farm, a 480-acre uh, farm settled in the late 1700s by the Williams family. Um, from uh, the Tidewater area of Virginia, which uh, remained in that family for over 150 years. The area uh, was uh, surveyed in 1788, and the original Silver Pool farm was settled by Daniel Williams, descendant of Roger Williams. Uh, his wife, Mary, was a relative of Andrew Jackson, and the couple were among the founders of the local Baptist church. Uh, their sons, Daniel and uh, John, uh, went uh, went on uh, uh, to own Silver uh, Pool Farm property, and it was uh, used raising livestock and for manufacturing products uh, from hemp. It's so John's grandson, Claude S. Williams, who lived there, was known as a successful and local prominent farmer in Stockton. So you know, one star started out started out with with a great farm. It had established itself and been there for years and hadn't changed hands. Um, it, it was unbelievable. In 2002, Winstar made its first uh, stallion acquisition. Tis now the only two-time winner of the Breeders' Cup uh, Classic, having won that event in 2000 and 2001. Uh, although uh, Tis now's pedigree was not fashionable, Winstar took a gamble and it paid off because it now became the leading freshman siren in 2005. Um, he was ranked among the top 30 in North America for many years. He was among the top five sirens in 2008 and 2009. Um, he's uh, now, uh, now been a successful stallion. Um, Doug Coffin, brother of jockey Steve Coffin, was named the first president and CEO of Winstar in 2005. William, William uh, Elliot Walden, uh, who had trained distorted humor and several Winstar horses, became the vice president and racing manager in 2010. Trout and Kastner dissolved their partnership, leaving Trout as the sole owner of Winstar Farm. Later that year, uh, Walden replaced Coffin as the president and CEO uh, of Winstar Farm. So it, it was um, it was an amazing uh, thing for the owners, you know, uh, to get uh, what they were doing there. Uh, uh, I, I tell you, I, I've been a part of the, uh, the one star system and the one family, and and uh, it, it was an amazing run uh, and a great place to work. Um, in 2013, one star built a new stallion barn that houses 18 stallions, which covers access to two breeding sheds in two viewing areas. There are 22 paddocks of the three acres uh, each uh, in which the stallions are turned out, out each day. The secondary barn acts as a quarantine area for stallions shoveling to the southern hemisphere. Also houses stallions when there uh, is no room for them in the main, in the main barn. Uh, so it, it was, uh, you know, it's built right. 
uh, one star was a finalist for the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Breeder in 2008, won the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Owner in 2010. Um, the, the program, uh, they dream big. Uh, they, they dream big at uh, Windstar, and, and they, they plan it out. And, and it goes back, and this is all tied into how they get to the Derby. When you start having the right facilities, you have the right staff, and you have the right plan, it makes it really interesting to see what's going on, you know, with everything. Um, you know, and, and, and you get there. And there's goals that you set, and, and they're really tough to go on. Um, Kenny Trout is the owner. Um, Kenny was born in 1948 and was the founder of Excel Communications, a Texas-based telecommunication company that offered long-distance phone service. Trout became a billionaire in 1998 when Excel was sold to Teleglobe for $3.5 billion dollars. As of 2022, his net worth was approximately $2 billion. Uh, today, Trout is the sole owner of One Star Farm, an elite 2,400-acre farm, horse farm in Versailles, uh, Kentucky. Uh, he's also chairman of the Mount uh, Vernon Investments. Uh, Trout has won the Kentucky Derby twice, the Preakness once, and the Belmont three times, including the 13th Triple Crown winner, he is the owner of Justify, uh, the winner of the 13th uh, Triple Crown. Some some notable stallions from One Star Farm include Super Saver, winner of the 2010 Kentucky Derby, Drossomire, winner of the 2010 Belmont Stake, Creator, winner of the 2016 Belmont Stakes, and Justify, the 13th Triple Crown winner. Uh, it's just amazing, how, and I've known Kenny. Uh, for a long time, he, he grew up in uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois, uh, and lived very close to uh, relatives uh, of mine there in uh, uh, Mount Vernon. And, and so Kenny, he's a good down-to-earth, good Christian man. Um, he, he, he believes in God, and he, and he takes good care of everybody and everything around him, uh, including his horses and his staff, which is just exciting, you know, for everybody to work with him. And it was um, the, the trainer, uh, when I was there, when I first came there, was Elliot Walden. And Elliot's a fantastic person. Um, he's the president uh, the president, CEO of Racing Operations for One Star uh, there in Versailles. Um, he was a former uh, um, a trainer. He trained on the track, and I worked for him uh, not only at One Star, but uh, when he was on the track, uh, I worked for him. Uh, Elliot's from a racing family. He grew up in the industry. As a kid, Walden cleaned stalls and washed horses and was riding horses since he was young. Um, Walden's father attached a basketball hoop on the top of one of the stalls in which uh, racehorses, no robbery, uh, was in. And Elliot would play basketball there with his brother, Ben Jr. Um, so, I, you know, it's a good family tradition and and you do things uh, like unusual things like that. Um, some of uh, um, Elliot's uh, major wins um, were the Regret Stakes in 1990, the Kentucky Turf Stakes in 1994, uh, the Arlington Classic in 2002, uh, the Pocahontas in 1995, 
Uh, it's just endless what all he, he has won. Um, the Florida Oaks in 1997, uh, which was a, a great, great uh, uh, race for him to win. The Arkansas Derby, the Rebel Stakes, um, the Bluegrass Stakes, the Bourbon Stakes, uh, the Haskell Stakes, the Hutchinson, uh, the Jim Dandy, the Risen Star, and the Stephen Foster, and the Super Derby. So uh, Elliot's been around, and he knows what it takes to get there. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it takes staff like that you know, to get to the Derby. And so that's what, what it ends up being. And once you get around people like uh, Kenny Trout, uh, you get around everybody involved at that level, everything starts to mesh together. And when it meshes together, you start winning races. And when you win races, you get uh, you get in the right, right frame of mind and you get the right bloodline and you start winning the big ones. And, and that's when uh, Todd Pletcher... Uh, you know, uh, Kenny and, and uh, Elliot sat down and they discussed on uh, who they wanted to get uh, from their um, uh, trainer, and they selected a, a gentleman called Todd Pletcher, which I had the opportunity to work with when I worked for D. Wayne Lucas uh, back in the day, uh, back in the day. Um, Todd Pletcher is a fantastic person. Uh, he's a good friend. Uh, he's a good person. He's a great trainer. And he's just unbelievable in the things that, that uh, he has done for the thoroughbred industry. Um, he was born June 26, 1967, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he's got over 5,000 wins. Uh, major uh, wins in his career were the Kentucky Oaks in 2004, 2007, 2013, and 2021. Um, in 2000. He won the Haskell in 2006, 2007, and 2013. Uh, he won the Champagne Stakes in 2004, 2006, 2010, 2012, 2013, and 2014. Uh, so, you know, he, he's a quite, a, quite established uh, uh, person. He's won the Bluegrass Stakes in 2005, 2008, 2015. And then this is where it really gets good. Uh, he won his first Florida Derby in 2007. 14, 15, 17, 18, and 21. He won the Arkansas Derby in 2000, 2001, 2013, 14, and 18. Um, he won the Pegasus Cup in 2022. He won the Pegasus World Turf in 2022. Uh, 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 also, the Whitney Handicap. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on. The Traverse Stakes twice. The Personal Ensign Stakes three times, uh, the Ashland Stakes twice, uh, the Kentucky Derby in 2010-2017. He won uh, the Belmont Stakes 2007, 2013, 2017, and 2022. Uh, you know, it just, it just goes on and on and on. And the whole point that I'm trying to get across here is that now you have all these people together that are, are, are talented. That, that know what they're doing. They know where they're going. They know how they how to get there. That's the name of our show, how they get there. They know how they get there. Um, so far this year, Todd has got um, 902 starts. He has 2002 first, 147 seconds, 121 thirds, 
and earned, has earned over $28 million just this year alone. His uh, lifetime starts are 23,884 starts. He has 5,443 wins, 3,853 seconds, 3,202 uh, 3, thirds, for a grand total of 448636000 in earnings. So now you get the point that what I'm getting at here, it's the team that you surround around you, that you get around you, that gets you to the Kentucky Derby. Um, it's things like that that just, just uh, are uh, unbelievable. You know, that you have these kind of people around you and this is where you're going and what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. And, and you know, the, uh, the the odd part about it is, it's like with Rich Strike last year winning the Kentucky Derby. Um, just all the things that I've just told you about, Elliot Walden, Winstar Farm, uh, Kenny Trout, Todd Pletcher, uh, you know, the things that they've accomplished, which is just insurmountable. You know, most of the trainers that are training today will never end up having, you know, those kind of statistics, you know, in their portfolio uh, because uh, it's a chance of a lifetime and a lifetime of chance. And uh, with all the horses uh, that are bred every year, uh, only 20 get to the Derby, you know, and you're looking at thousands of horses uh, that come up or uh, that fold and only 20 of them get to the Derby. And so, but you get a horse like Red Strike, um, those guys were just good old boys working hard, uh, you know, just looking for the opportunity. And, you know, things fell the right way. And um, not a lot of breeding into Red Strike. And, uh, you know, not a lot of experience behind him. And, but yet, you know, he won a Kentucky Derby. So that throws them right to the top, you know, of how they get there. And also, the whole point of that is, is the fact you can be the best in the business, have the best bred horses, you can have the best trainer, the best employees, you can have the best of the best, and still not win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you know, you can be a guy that's a small time, uh, you know, it's got, uh, you know, a decently bred horse and got good workers and, you know, on a small scale, small tracks, and then he comes up and he beats, he beats all the big guns. You know, so, uh, you know, that's how they get there. Um, you can be uh, top of the game at everything, or you can be mediocre, or you can be just taking a shot at it, and you can get there. You know, uh, that's how they get there, just taking that shot, getting enough points to get into the derby. And so that's, uh, that, that's what I like about the business. Uh, you know, and you see that long shot that came, came in like mine, that bird did a few years back. Um, you know, he came out of nowhere. But um, uh, it, it takes a lot to get to the Derby, and, and the road has been strong. We've had a lot of we've had uh, eight or nine races so far, prep races, uh, with uh, Todd Pletcher's Forte uh, sitting on top with 40 points. Uh, he's got um, 22 points more than anybody else so far going to the Derby. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, on Saturday, uh, we have our next uh, Derby trial, uh, our, our Derby points uh, race. It's uh, at Aqueduct on December 3rd, and it's called the Remsen Stakes. Uh, it's an excellent race. Uh, it catches a lot of these horses uh, that are, uh, you know, on their way up. 
Um, and, and this will determine a lot uh, whether they go on to the next race uh, on, on our list of um, derby prep races. Um, the Repson Stake is a grade two. Uh, post time is 2.44 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you'll be able to see it on IENTV.org. Um, it's a small field. It's a seven-horse field that we have uh, uh, for um, uh, the purse money. It's $250,000 going a mile and an eight. And it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, top weight is 120. Uh, low weight is 118. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great race. I think it will be. Uh, got a lot of new shooters in here that we haven't seen around in some of the other races uh, that'll be there. Uh, we have um, uh, Jason Service. We have uh, uh, Linda Rice. Uh, we have uh, P.R. Walder, and uh, we have um, a great race coming up on Saturday. And that's going to be interesting to see. Remember, that's at 2.44 uh, p.m. post time, and you can go to uh, IENTV.org and watch it and see what all is there and see who all is there. Um, I tell you, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, this is a qualifier. You can get 10 points out of the deal, and that helps along because the, the top um, top point getter uh, top 20 point getters get into the uh, into the Derby and and uh, Rich Strike last year. You know he had barely had enough money uh, and had points earned, but uh, if it wasn't for that scratch, he would have never gotten into the Derby because he didn't really have enough points to get in. But he was the next one. Um, uh, so it's going to be uh, interesting to see what comes out of here. Uh, they, these are. Some fairly seasoned horses, uh, I would say, that are running uh, this time. They had a good two-year-old career. And uh, this is basically uh, um, going to let them know whether they can pursue the, the pursuit to the Kentucky Derby. Um, and then it, it'll give them the right direction to go in because they, they've trained hard up until this time and point, and they're going to have to get a little bit of a breather and usually that comes in uh, December and January. Uh, you, you get them, rest them up a little bit, and then you get them for the for the, horror, the road down to uh, the, uh, to the Kentucky Derby. And so far, uh, we've had let's see the Iroquois, the Champagne, the Breeders' Security, the American Center of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and the Kentucky Jockey Club. So far, um, now in December third, uh, December is kind of a heavy month. It eliminates a lot of horses on the Derby Trail. Uh, you got the, um, like I said, the Remsen at the Aqueduct. You got Los Alamitos Futurity at the Springboard Mile. You got the Gunrunner, and then uh, you get into January's races. And, and these races here uh, that we've just gone over, they're the kind of uh, uh, yardstick uh, to see what kind of horse you have, um, how you run in it, and how how they come out of it. Um, it's kind of exciting, you know, to you don't just see that. Then we have, oh, let's see here. Hold on, here we go. January first. January first, when it when it really gets down to the tough races. Um, we'll have 16 races, uh, starting with the Jerome at uh, Aqueduct, 
and uh, you might you might see the uh, Remsen winner in, in the Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct. Uh, that could be a, a, a very good move. Uh, uh, get you some more Derby points uh, if you can do good in the Remsen, and then come back to the Gun Runner. I mean, come back to um, uh, the Jerome at Aqueduct. Uh, then after that, um, January first, you got Smarty Jones at Oakland. You got um, uh, Pam at Santa Anita. You got the um, uh, Southwest at Oakland. It's going to be interesting to see a lot of good races coming up. You know, to to let all these trainers and owners know where they're at. But um, you know, like we're saying, it's a very difficult road. There is no set way to get to the Derby. There's no book that you can write that says this is what you need to do to get to the Kentucky Derby. There's no certain bloodline that uh, tells you what you need to do to get to the Kentucky Derby. Now, for years and years and years, all the old-timers believed that if you breed the best of the best, you got the best. Um, then you have people that have come along that uh, had horses that weren't bred very well. And a good example was Secretariat. Uh, Secretariat was not uh, very, bloodline was not very uh, very good. Um, it was um, interesting to see uh, all his foals. Not many of his foals ran very well. Uh, it, it was uh, a long, hard road for him, you know, to go down. Um, they, just, they just didn't live up to, you know, to the bloodline. Uh, and yet, on the other hand, Secretariat's bloodline uh, was not all that good, and he lived up to and beyond uh, the bloodline that, um, you know, that he came from. And, and so, you know, that, that's where it goes back, read the best of the best and hope for the best and everything. But that's not necessarily true. And, and I've always weighed in that when you come in uh, into the training business, and, and I, I when I was training, um, I you know, I tried my very best, but I couldn't train a rat to eat cheese. And, uh, you know, I realized that pretty quick and realized that my uh, equine uh, uh, help that I could give to the industry was being a catch-all. Uh, you know, a gopher, do whatever needed to be done. Uh, you know, see the, uh, see the owners, uh, see the trainers, see the grooms, uh, ship horses, groom horses, bathe horses, uh, you know, do everything that I could do. And so I was just one of those kind of persons that, you know, I wasn't really good at a lot of things, but a lot of things I could do. And I was consistent and, and stayed right there. But the, the whole point uh, of, the, of the road to the Kentucky Derby is to have a system to get your horses there. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of horses that uh, weren't bred very well. They weren't in a good run, a racing stable, didn't have good owners. But yet they prevailed and they won a lot of big races. And that, that's what was uh, always puzzled me. So, you know, I started thinking about uh, how much of, of that horse is the trainer? How much of that horse is the owner? How much of that horse is the groom? How much of that horse is the jockey? You know, I, I started thinking all these different things and, and trying to figure out a mathematical formula um, to... Uh, evaluate uh, how good this horse is going to be, and there and there isn't any. There isn't any. Woody Stevens was asked why he didn't uh, 
write a book on how to win five Belmonts in a row. And he said, well, he said, he said, I can't. He said, every horse was different. And he said, if I could write a book on how to win a Belmont, he said, um, I'd write it, everybody would buy it, and then everybody would be trying to win the Belmont. And he said, but there's no really set way uh, to do it. There's no criteria uh, saying, you know, a horse has got to be, uh, uh, you know, so many hands high. He's got to be, um, you know, weigh so much. He's got to have this jockey. He's got to have that trainer. Uh, you know, he has to have all these things that you can uh, put in a, with a horse and, and do with a horse doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win. Uh, we, I, I see it all the time on the racetrack. I saw a new owner to the business and he told his trainer, he says, um, he says, I spent a hundred thousand dollars on this horse. A hundred thousand dollars I spent on him. He said, how come we can't win a derby? <laughs> And, you know, uh, they told him, they said, look, you can spend a million on them and, and you're not going to win the Derby. They, they don't know how much they, they cost in that. Uh, they don't know their bloodlines. They don't know any of that. And so um, it's always been kind of comical to me uh, to see all the theories on the backside. And I really don't have a, a, a theory on how or, you know, a uh, way you should do to get a horse to the Derby. Um, if I could, I'd write the book and, you know, I'd be really filthy rich, you know, and all. But the thing that I like is that everybody's trying. And like they say, it's a chance of a lifetime and a lifetime of chance. And that's what makes the Derby so exciting and so thrilling is that uh, you don't know who's going to be there in May. You don't know until, until you get to uh, uh, the Tuesday before the Derby and you have the post-position draw, that's when you find out what's going on. That's when you find out what's going on, you know, and who the 20 are, and maybe you can be fortunate enough to get there and, and all. But like I said, uh, the interesting trail that we're taking now is we're going to go in-depth uh, over the next um, six months to – uh, the owners and do interviews with the owners and the trainers and the jockeys and the grooms and find out exactly, you know, how their journey to the Derby was and everything. So just getting to the Derby is a great thing uh, to do, uh, to win it. It's even better, you know, but uh, it's not guaranteed and it's just a dream, you know, that you have. So I, I'm excited over the next six months about the road to the Derby, and, uh, especially like the Florida Derby and the races here in Florida. Um, I really get excited about those because the atmosphere is just is electrified. And um, in the barns, it's been completely different. Uh, you know, that dream's always – that dream – the Derby dream lives in every horseman until that Tuesday – before the Kentucky Derby when they had the post-position draw. And then on that day, there are 20 people that are going to live the dream to the Derby, for sure. Then there's a thousand others that didn't get into the Derby, that Derby dream ends when they don't get in that post-position. And then they become a spectator again. But for, uh, for a week there... The dream lives on for those 20 people that are 
involved with that horse and the memories that are going on and on and on. And, uh, you know, it's kind of exciting, you know, to, to see that. Uh, I was in, uh, a part owner in a horse called Ironworks, and uh, he went his first time out at Gulfstream, um, ran third or second his second time out at Gulfstream, and then he won at Keeneland. And he'd only had three starts, and so we were kind of excited um, for him this year when he came running like he did. Uh, I was excited because I think we got as high as the, we were rated number 35 in the 2022 Kentucky Derby. And then, uh, unfortunately, he got an injury, and uh, we had to take him out of training. And, and, but he's back on the road. In fact, he'll be back down here uh, to Palm Beach Downs with us uh, here this week sometime. So uh, I was uh, excited there for a while. I was living the dream. Uh, to the Derby, and, um, you know, like I said, uh, the phone would ring and think something happened. Uh, you know, it just always was something. But but on how they get there, it's going to be an interesting um, uh, type of a thing uh, to see. Um, you can go to the website and see some of our videos of the people that you're going to see in the segments that you'll see on there. And then we'll just kind of take it, a, you know, a week at a time. But like I said, um, this last uh, – year I've had a, a, a terrible battle with cancer and and uh, it was very difficult and and I tried to plug away and keep going as much as I possibly could and the good Lord's blessed me and he's um, got me in a position where I'm in remission and that um, I'll get to see hopefully another Kentucky Derby uh, that's my goal is that's how I'm going to get there is through um, through uh, God's help and my friend's uh, assistance, and uh, we'll get to another Kentucky Derby. So just bear with us and uh, call in uh, whenever you can uh, to the station and, and give us a holler, and you will see you next uh, Thursday on International Equine Report, and we'll be more organized and uh, possibly have some video up for you and things of that nature. So you guys have a, a good rest of the week. And we'll look forward to seeing you uh, next Thursday and hearing from you next Thursday on the International Equine Report.